All right, hey, Gabe Bjarman, Gerard Hamilton, back for take two of the uh, PowerMizzou.com live show. Gerard, if you can hear me, your mic is currently muted, so undo that, and we'll get going here in a minute. There you go. Uh, once again, uh, this show brought to you guys by James Carlton State Farm. We won't do the whole spiel once again. We'll do that at the end of the show, but carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. So we were... In the middle of, after having some some audio hiccups, apparently, in the middle of discussing the Mizzou offense uh, midseason, we have decided that the offensive line, maybe no solution on the roster. Tight end, they've got who they've got. All right, so let's talk about quarterback. Um, like, if we're given a midseason grade for quarterback play, where do you fall? Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, I'd say C. Um, okay. Again, and we will say it every week until something dramatically happens one way or the other. <clears throat> Brady Cook is going to keep he's, – he's keeping them in the game. He's not winning them games, but he's not losing them games, except if you want to say this Florida one, and even then, 22 of 30, 220 yards. It's just two of his eight incompletions were interceptions – that eventually led to 14 Florida points. Yeah, I, I would go probably C minus. I think it's been probably below average, but not like devastating in its own right. I mean, he was bad at Kansas State. Every other person was also bad. So that happens. Um, <clears throat> he was bad a lot of the day against Auburn, but ended up ultimately putting them in position to win. I thought he was decent against Georgia. I didn't think it was terrible. And then, yeah, he was he was bad against Florida. Like that was his worst performance of the season, I think, because the the two picks really put the offense in such a bad position. But um, we had a question a little bit earlier asking if Sam Horn would would play or wait, 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 can I ask you a question back to Brady Cook real quick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's say Missouri is four and two or five and one. What's his grade then? You, you you get the maybe, maybe half a grade higher, maybe C minus to C plus, which might not be fair, but okay, that's... okay. I was because I was thinking for me, what I say, C, he probably may be able to get a high C plus to B minus if they're wins, considering they at least should have be 500 at this point, at the very least, with the Auburn game. The only game where I feel like his play lost the game or contributed heavily to losing the game was Florida. I don't feel like he was like a major hindrance against Georgia. And Auburn, he wasn't great, but I, I don't feel like he beat him. Yeah, and I hope coaching, we're going we're gonna to get into coaching and how that We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there because I think we, I think we <laughs> vary a little bit on that front. Um, but, uh, but so we had a question earlier. Hey, is Sam Horn going to start? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I asked Eli Drinkwitz about Sam. Like, I specifically got on the SEC teleconference today because I thought this would be a good time to ask about Sam Horn. I didn't really expect an answer, to be honest. And I didn't get a directly get an answer, but I got something approaching an answer. He basically said, look, we're open and we're talking about maybe playing another quarterback, giving another quarterback some, some playing time. But it has to be earned in practice. You can't just give it to him. And then he said, 
anybody that we put out there, we expect to lead us to points and to have a full comprehension of what we are trying to do. And he said, if you don't have a full comprehension, that then bad things happen. I don't know how else to take that other than, hey, guys, we think Sam Horn has a lot of talent. We also don't think he has enough of a grasp of this offense to put him out there. I can get that. Part of about the get us to score touchdowns, I don't know why I felt like that was like could have been something towards Brady just because when they get to that red zone, it feels like, you know, they can't score touchdowns. I mean, we know he knows the playbook, but it's about executing those plays. And then with Sam Horn, it's the direct opposite. He probably may be able to execute some, but if you don't know it, like he says, you know, there's no really point in putting him out there. Well, well, and I've almost, I've almost done like a 180 on my feelings on this in the last three days. Cause I said all year, look, if you're two and four coming back from Florida, you got to sell some tickets. You got to get people excited. Just put Sam Horn out there and see what he can do. Well, that's all kind of been based on the fact that, hey, like Sam Horn's a four-star and I think he'll live up to the hype. But what if you put him out there and he's not very good? Like that that not only hurts Sam Horn and hurts your team, then you're going to get fans going, well, I saw this guy and he's not any good and I'm not excited about next year. Yeah, I mean, part of the – I don't know. Maybe it was on Mizzou. That's who uh, where you guys were talking about that kind of as far as – having something to be excited, like people are saying, oh, okay, well, we're looking towards next year. If Sam Horn comes out there and he's not prepared, whether that's physically, mentally, whatever it is, and he stinks, or just not, you know, even up to Cook's level, whatever you want to say, then not only is this year over, next year is looking bad. And then you may find yourself in the Tyler Macon situation again, where you, you're thinking, did you miss? or Right, even, even though the truth. The truth is, if he went out and didn't play well this year, I don't think that really impacts next year, but it would impact the way people feel about next year. You know, like, I think there's ever, I mean, I watched Drew Locke as a true freshman, and he was awful. And he came back as a sophomore, he threw for 3,400 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Like, he wasn't perfect, but he was a lot better. So I think Sam Horn's a lot better player next year, probably, than he would be if you threw him in a game right now. But I guess... I've really kind of decided, look, this year, I don't really care if they're six and six or four and eight. I don't think there's a big difference between those two. This year to me is just kind of playing out the string and and whatever happens, happens. I'm actually now kind of on the side. I think it's probably better for Sam Horn, better for the fan base and better for the program. I mean, get him a couple of garbage time series if you can against New Mexico State, but don't put him out there and give him a chance to fail this year. Just just hold on to it and see what happens next year. We're two of four. What are the next two games with Vandy and USC? Vandy, South Carolina. Um, yeah, I say for one, and and let me let me drop this from player interviews that we got yesterday. I was talking to Martez Manuel, and I asked him about morale, you know, with this team after these losses, and he actually gave me a pretty honest response. He said it wasn't great. It's it's not great because and they don't want to outright say it, but I'll say what they I'll translate. Defensively, we're getting it done. We're we're keeping the guys in the game and just can't really do it offensively. And that hurts because he was saying as captain, he keeps telling them we we're doing this, this and that. We're putting ourselves in position. But when they're not 
the results aren't translating, it's harder. And at each week, it gets harder and harder and harder. Now, I will say them being two and four and them being so close, though, I don't know if you put in Sam Horn right now because if you're trying to get a bowl, which a lot of them are, or of course everybody wants to go to a bowl, you know, you're that close. I would think if you put Sam Horn in there, it's in a way waving a white flag because right. you're and more so hoping that he's better more so than it's uh, uh we know he's going to really make an impact. You're just hoping it would be good, but you're not expecting it. Right. And, and I think it's important to know, like, it's real easy for those of us who we don't see anything meaningful in practice. We're not in film study. We don't know what goes on day to day. It's real easy for us to say, I don't know, man, just try somebody else. Cause it's somebody else. But those guys in that building know who should be playing. I mean, they're not dumb. They, they know by watching practice who the best quarterback is, who the best receiver is all that. So, I, I mean, if, if it's, accurate that sam horn maybe isn't quite up to speed on the playbook if if the kids are in practice every day and they're looking and they're going you know sam horn's our third best quarterback right now and they go play him like that you can't send that message to your team not after the buy that falls directly in the middle of the season where a lot of these guys especially you know of course the upperclassmen are thinking like we're this close to getting back to a bowl uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that right now. If this was a bye week and maybe week ten or whatever, and we're looking mm-hmm. two and six, or I can see it. But right now, they still think legitimately four or five plays away from being four and two, five and one. So yeah, you can't do that right now. Yeah, I do want to invite you guys <laughs> who who hop back on with us after the the little glitch there. I assume everything's fine because nobody said there's any issues. But feel free to questions and comments in the in the queue and we'll get to them um before we get to the last position on on offense which i think is personally the most intriguing everything we just said totally changes if they somehow don't beat vanderbilt next week they lose that game everything's on the table to me because that just six is now out the window if you lose to vanderbilt i did I even have them? Okay, we said New Mexico State was another one. Vanderbilt was another one. What was it? And then they have hoping to... South Carolina, and then you need one of Kentucky or Arkansas to get to six. So if you or, lose or Vandy, Tennessee or Tennessee, you ain't beating Tennessee. Tennessee's good, man. Okay, yeah, I still have them at five and seven. Told you that after the game. After I was just like, ah, this is you can't. They had their easiest three swing games. But it, but if they lose to Vanderbilt, you don't have them at five and seven. Oh, well, at this point, we're having more more serious conversations. Right, that's what I'm saying. If if Vanderbilt goes bad, then this whole thing changes. Oh, yeah, I mean, you – New Mexico State, and then I think it goes from five and seven easily to three and nine. To three and nine, yeah. I mean, the last game Vanderbilt – the last SEC game Vanderbilt won Mm -hmm. was in 2019 against Missouri. They've lost like 23 straight SEC games. You can't lose this game. Um, So let's move on to the last offensive position. I I think it's the most intriguing. Is there more there at wide receiver in the second half of the season? I think there has to be. Um, Is there more there? There's more Dom Lovey. There's more of him. Maybe. maybe, (laughs) But maybe That's my point. There has to be more of somebody else. And I don't even care who it is. 
the problem with this is we've said all season that the wide receiver room is the most talented. And it, it, it may be from natural, physical ability, but if you remove Dom Lovett, as we've seen in the second half versus Georgia, that's that's not the same case. I would say then it's the running back. So I said the running backs are the most – they're a competent, probably most consistent group on offense. I mean, Mookie Cooper has shown something the last couple of games with four receptions and 50 yards and, and or over 50 yards in both of those games. But can we keep seeing that? If Barrett is hurt, if Burden is hurt, which is – he seems like he's been banged up just for most of the season. I don't know. I feel like the biggest thing I've noticed with Toski is just – he led them in re- re- receiving yards last year and – I'm just not seeing like any type of real consistent production. He's not really getting great separation. And then I I think Toski Dove leading them in receiving yards last year was a perfect example of something I've always said. Somebody's going to catch passes. Like, I I mean, Toski's fine. He's a fine SEC. he's, He's a competent receiver. But if he's your leading receiver, you're not good enough. I mean, that's just, that's, that's all there is to it, uh, in my opinion. So I I think, I mean, the health is obviously the key here. And, and Drinkwood said today, all the, all the guys that are a little bit banged up, basically haven't done anything for three days, all that, which I think is good. I, if Luther Burden is 91% against Vanderbilt, I don't play him. I just sit in. I just say, you are not seeing the field until you are 100% and you're the guy that we know you can be. Because it's good for you. It's good for us. Putting him out there at less than full health is that, and I don't know if you rewatched the broadcast when you got home from Florida at all, but they said on the broadcast, they said the coaching staff told them in practice last week, Luther Burden couldn't really even make cuts. What's that dude doing on the field? Like, you that, that doesn't make sense to me. So, because every time you put him out there and he's not fully healthy, it looks like he's a worse player than he is. And then you got RG3 and every guy who's got a microphone and a radio station in St. Louis talking about how you don't know how to use him and you're screwing up the offense because, you know, St. Louis's favorite son isn't getting the ball. Get him healthy. Get him a hundred percent for the last five games of the year, and then see what the kid can do. What's interesting about that is Drink said a few weeks ago when Dom was really starting to string together these games, and everybody was noticing that you know he learned from his mistakes last year, and he didn't want to do that with Luther. In a way, did he really learn all of them? Right. Because if did, did this not happen from what I've heard from you and others to Connor Bazelak, and he just kept playing hurt and hurt and hurt. And it got worse, and that relationship kind of seemed to deteriorate because he's playing injured, and they're also not being successful from it. So he's looking worse than he is. Is that not the same situation? And and look, if we know anything about football players, if you ask a football player, can you play? Ninety nine percent of them are going to say yes. Yeah. If if a college coach goes to a kid and says, "Can you play this weekend?" He's going to say yes. But that Especially if he's a five-star freshman. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, Luther, look, Luther wants to play. He's a competitive kid. I get it. That's great. But I and, and hey, if, if he's hundred percent by Vanderbilt, great. Play him. But if we see him on his second catch against Vanderbilt come limping to the sideline again and grabbing the ankle, then 
it's fair to say, what are we doing here? You know, I, I think it's important to get him the ball and get him involved without forcing it in the second half of the season. Have him healthy. Makai Miller, I I was impressed with what I saw out of him at Florida. I mean, he made a couple of big catches. You know, he's going to play. Uh, Mookie Cooper is, is looking better. But again, wide receiver, it's just so reliant on everybody else. I don't care how good you are if you don't have a line to offer the time and a quarterback to deliver the ball. Right. And uh, now that's 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 it. I'll briefly, see somebody say, ask about Makai Miller. I think they should. I mean, they probably have not much choice now because of the, the injuries that are piling up. I think also a big problem is just where these guys are lined up as far as wide receivers, you know, X, Y, all that other good stuff. Like sometimes the routes are just not maybe – or the play is not really just designed for it to go to them, or it's just harder for those routes. I don't know because what uh, Lovett's doing in the slot seems like it's just it's just magic every time he, you know he suits up. So maybe do they have too many slot guys, you know, on the team? That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move. I don't think the other side of the ball will take nearly as long. Do we have any problems with the defense? Is there anything that's got to be better in the second half? See, I was about to text you about this right in the right in the other part of this defense. I mean, besides, I mean, whatever I would put would be nitpicking, and I don't want to write to nitpick. So, I mean, maybe you could say getting off to faster starts, but then when you consider some of the ways why they're down is not really all of their fault. Right. I mean, they, they were behind it, Kansas State, Auburn, and no, I'm sorry, not Kansas. Well, they were three zero in Florida because Missouri's second series was an interception. Right, right, and, and then Kansas, and Kansas State, State I mean, they had a three They give up a punt return touchdown. Yeah, like they're they're giving. I mean, they're giving up points, but they're not. That's not them. Right. It, it's not them. So the only thing, and I've moved away from this, and I'm okay to admit that the defensive line has played much better since what I think it was Abilene Christian where I was just like, I don't yeah. know what's going on. Um, they played much better. Um, you would, I guess you would like to say you'd like a little, like a little bit more pressure or whatever you can say, but it's really hard because I've said for so long, the secondary is probably the most consistent group, but like, it's not like I'm saying that like a wide margin, like how I feel about the running backs. Like you could very easily say the linebackers, Bailey and Hopper are, or that's, that's the best group. And on any given day or week, it could be the defensive line. So, yeah, I feel like if we have a critique of the the defense, my critique would be they've been really good, but this team just needs them to be perfect. Well, that's I mean that's unfair. You can't ask that, you know. Yeah, and and that's why I made it a defense and special teams because we can talk yeah. about special teams. They 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 can improve. Special teams can improve. I mean, I feel like you know Mevis it's going to seem like he's been worse than he actually has been because he's really only missed two kicks. It was just that one of them was a 26 yarder to win the game, but he's been fine. Right. And, and that was literally like the last section I was writing about. And when I was writing it out, I was just like, these numbers aren't really like, they're not his numbers, but they're not that bad by like they're pretty good. They're yeah. pretty good. And when you consider what, one of what's them, he missed three field goals this year, he's a, he's um 
what is he trying to like 13 to 16? It's it's yeah. three field goals. I'm trying to remember. And he's made all his extra points. One of them obviously was a, one he should have made. And then another one, when you consider against Abilene Christian, it was a 52 yarder. And I mean, and then he made up for it with a 52 yarder that same game. So right. it wasn't he, like he had a 39 yarder against Abilene Christian that who cares? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, it was, it did cost them a game. And so that is, What's I guess inconsistent, but more so the special teams. I've been thinking about is the punting. If you've got to make a change two and a half games in at punter, someone is hurt or it's drastically went wrong. And for Sean Ketting, it was the latter. It, it's it was going wrong, shanking punts. He wasn't, you know, getting hang time and all that good stuff for the coverage. It just wasn't a good look, and they had to switch. Also, their punt coverage has been awful. I mean, it's, gave up a touchdown to K-State and gave up a 54-yarder that resulted in a field goal to Florida. That That's not good enough. Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been not great. But Jack Stonehouse, again, it was another thing. When I was writing about him, I was just like, Drake wasn't too happy about his performance on, against Florida, especially with that with that punt return. But besides that, though, he played all right at, at Georgia. He played excellent at Auburn. Something I've noticed, though, is um, – his Abilene Christian punts and his punts at Auburn, he was averaging around like 48-ish yards per punt. Uh, the last few games, it's been closer to 39 yards per punt. So that's, I guess, his biggest inconsistency, but he's still getting kicks inside the 20. Yeah. Uh, AU Stock says, I think we knew the defense had fewer questions than the offense coming into the season, but had no idea the defense would be this good. I'll be honest. I thought the defense had plenty of questions because, like, they're all transfers. None of them had done it here. You know, I, I mean, the coaching staff deserves credit for their evaluation and seeing these guys and saying, hey, it's going to work here. And, I mean, Blake Baker deserves a ton of credit. I, I think he's he's done a heck of a job uh, to the point where if this continues in the second half, I think you're worried about whether he's back next year. Um, but but that's a, a, a bridge we cross when we get to it. Uh, Edmund says, play Sam Horn at home versus Vandy. He has far more talent. All right, so this is where this is like I'll just say rivals is to blame here. Yeah, I heard this. Why part. does he have far more talent? Because he had four stars. Like that's it. That's all anybody is basing it on. And like right now, and I don't mean to pick on Luther Burden. I think he's going to be a good football player. I'll to say the same thing. But right now, Luther Burden is not a five-star football player. He was a five-star recruit that isn't playing that way. So I, I mean, the stars the stars cease to matter the second you get on campus. I, I agree. And with Luther, like, yeah, that's a perfect example. If you if you wanted to honestly compare Luther to the to the receivers on this roster of how they're playing on this team this season, he'd be fighting fourth or with Toski. I, he'd probably edge him out, maybe, but even then, like, he's definitely behind Cooper, Bannister, and Lovett, like, easily. So, yeah, the the, the five-star things, and what I feel like people forget to mention is when a five-star or four-star kid is going to Alabama and Ohio State and all these other places, they already have their five-stars from years previous. Like, they have a t- – they don't need to be playmakers. When you're asking a five-star to be a playmaker – you know, you don't typically get typically uh, get five stars. It's a whole different thing. Right. Whole different I mean, some, somebody brought up Jamison Williams on our message board a couple days ago. Kid mm-hmm. went to Ohio State. Uh, Jamison, yep. I think, was a four-star top 
100-ish recruit. Went to Ohio State, freshman year. You know how many catches he had? He had nine catches. Transfers to Alabama, probably should have won the Heisman Trophy. Sometimes it takes a minute. So just this, Sam Horn has far more talent. Like, we are all basing this on things that none of us, including you and me, have seen. I've what? seen nothing in practice that I know if Sam Horn's any good or not because we don't see any of it. I think we know he has prototypical SEC QB size. We know he was right. A he looks player. like an SEC it, quarterback, and and, and, and he, he played baseball. And what is one of the hottest things in football? The, the the quarterback with the rocket arm who can turn the ball sideways and has all this potential, but we have yet to like really see that. So if you put too much on him may not turn out how you want it to be. Yeah. And uh, David Carnell is asking about like next year, who comes back, who's gone. And it's just impossible, man. I, I mean, so many, like there's, there's only like eight guys that we know are gone uh, because they're in their sixth year right now. If you're in your sixth year or beyond, you're gone. But if you're in year five and you've redshirted before, Hey, you, you got a shot to come back. Uh, I mean, I, I get that right now this season doesn't hold a lot of intrigue for people, but it's just absolutely to, impossible to predict anything beyond this season because of the way college football is right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I haven't really even thought too much about, you know, that, especially when you consider we, we this. We got six more games to get we, through, man. We got six more games to get through. And like you said about the two and four thing, I think that was more predicated on if, the two and four was based off them getting like handily beat in those four, not two and four, but they probably should be something else that's more positive. So we can't really go that far yet. If it was yeah, like. but but Bill Parcells, man, you are what your record says you are. They're a two and four football team. Man. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not here for the, I'm not here for making yourself feel better because the the horseshoe hit the the post. It, it no, don't no, matter, no. I, man. You got to get it around the post. I'm here. I'm saying for us, yay, for us. I can't look down to the end of the season or what's next year when I still think I'm writing my stuff on Florida up when they're down twenty four ten and then they score and I just just look at Matt like here we go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so all right. Enter in the second half. They're sitting here two and four. Where do they end up? Like, well, well, you're revised. What what would be your prediction as of today for the final record? Five and seven. Five and beating seven. Vandy, New Mexico State, and who? I have to get South Carolina. I can't see. Okay. I mean, although trick in a tricky way, they may be able to get Arkansas. Maybe that may be the game where they could do something. Yeah. Nothing else is on the table for me. And offense just isn't doing enough to me. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas honestly could come in here five and six or four and seven. Like, they're not great, but I don't know. Um, the South Carolina game is, assuming they beat Vandy, the South Carolina game will determine to me, hey, is there something to pay attention to or not? Because if they lose that game, I think they're four and eight and, and whatever. We just move on. <laughs> four and eight. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. There, it went from six and six to possibly like, oh, maybe eight and four for like a for like this long. For, um, right after that Louisiana Tech game, everybody was feeling good, huh? Well, where was it? I think it was, it was the Louisiana like Abilene Christian was kind of in after the Auburn game though. I think it was just more so of 
lost on a fluke and they held this supposedly great running team with this great front seven. But it just, like you said, what you, what's, what's the Parcells quote? You are what your record says you are. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so appreciate everybody that, that managed to, to come back and, uh, you know, I know we restarted it just because some people were, were having issues. Some people weren't, but it, we wanted to make sure everybody that, uh, wanted to hear can hear. And when we podcast this, we want to make sure that it, it sounds okay for everybody out there. So, uh, do want to thank you guys for hanging out, give the, the channel and the show a like, uh, if you, if you listen to the podcast, give us a, a nice review. Uh, we just added it to Amazon music yesterday. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere you can get a podcast basically. And want to make sure to give a shout out to end the show to James Carlton state farm. You can find him at carltoninsurance.net. You can call his team of eight at 314-961-4800. You're going to talk to an actual person. Uh, they're going to do their best to take care of you. Look, everybody needs insurance. You might as well at least start. Give the first shot to a guy that's a Missouri fan, a PowerMizzou.com subscriber. That's all we ask you. Just give James a call. Give him a shot to earn your business. If uh, he does give you a quote and you tell him about that you heard about him on Power Mizzou, he's going to donate $20 to the NIL collective. And uh, hey, even if uh, even if you don't end up getting a quote from him, call James, talk a little Missouri football, just to at least check out what he might be able to do for you. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. We will be, uh, this weekend, we will be scattered about, um, not necessarily in front of our televisions watching football, but we'll certainly be around. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Gerard, uh, parting shots, man. Anything uh, that you just really feel like you want to say? Uh, just make sure you guys check out that mid midseason review uh, for the offense. Defense coming out tomorrow. Yes, today's Wednesday. Tomorrow, um, I have a feature story coming out this this weekend um, about maybe someone who could help this wide receiver, pass catcher room. You know, with all these injuries. Cool. And I'm going to write about the. Uh, I'm going to write a little bit about the quarterbacks on Sunday. So we've got all that coming up uh, next week. Be prepping for Vandy. So appreciate it, guys. Thanks for uh, joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.